Hello everybody. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Film Fix. It's been a long time. A while. It's been a, uh, a stressful little Christmas, I think. But we're back and we're ready to hit 2021, right? With all that we've got. With all of our might. Uh, Boris kept us apart for a while. <sighs> How dare he, right? It was but a tough time. Here we are. Here we are. And did you have a good Christmas, Lily? It was alright. It was alright. I mean, probably the worst I've ever had. <laughs> it's probably, it was like <laughs> extremely stressful. Because like it wasn't, there wasn't, you couldn't do anything. No, but I mean, maybe not the worst. One of the worst. But I think everyone is saying that this year, surely. Yeah, I mean, in our because in London they were like tier four from midnight. Everyone in our house. Everyone like, left home. Ah, before midnight the when stress you should get home. Of it, the stress of it. But no, like overall Christmas was fine, and we're back in London now, and we're doing. Episode eight of the podcast. Episode eight, I think, yeah. Yeah, and... that's on, then what can you do? <sighs> Who knows, it'll say somewhere. And, I don't know, I mean, we wanted to do, before um, we went away for Christmas, we wanted to record, like, a Christmas film episode similar to the one that we did about ha- for Halloween films, but obviously we had to leave earlier than we thought, and also we just, like, never got around to recording it, so that didn't become an episode, it's... but... Not happening really. No, because it's it, Christmas was like ten days ago. Yeah, so we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna like suddenly do a Christmas. We're not episode. gonna be like okay, we so desperately need to do one that we're doing. It's one the fourth of January. Um, but I mean, we watched a few films over Christmas. What did you watch? Um, well, I mean, obviously, aside from like all the classics, like Arthur Christmas, Santa Claus, um, didn't watch Polar Express. Did you not? Which I'm angry about because like. King love Polar Express. Is that your favourite Christmas film, do you think? Um, I, I think maybe if you asked me that like 10 years ago, I would have been like, yeah. Yeah. But like, not not now. What is your favourite one? My favourite Christmas film would probably have to be... Maybe even Arthur Christmas, you know? I really like that one. I think it's fun. Really? Yeah. I think it's funny. And I like the animation. I like The Grinch, though. Yeah, I like The Grinch. But I wouldn't say it's my favourite. Mm-hmm. And we watch like planes, trains, and automobiles, and like <laughs> trading places, of like course, yeah. the classic. But I actually watched Soul, which was on Disney. Plus. You watched Soul? I haven't seen Soul yet. Yeah, I've seen it twice now, um, and it was released on Christmas Day, and I really liked it. I saw someone on Instagram actually be like, "Soul is literally Coco for black people." It's kind like of the is, same storyline, really, yeah. but like I, I enjoyed like the animation and, like, it made me fucking sob. That's why I don't. I haven't watched it yet yeah. because I'm not ready to be like as upset yeah. as I know I will. be. It was like it was very um, similar to how Inside Out got me. Mm. Like that just like got me. Yeah. I don't know why, but like those two films in particular, like Disney really just like hit a nerve. <laughs> and like, it's just so, ugh. but it was, it was really good. And I like that it was like jazz music. Yeah. Um, and great, like Jamie Foxx, Angela Bassett. Graham Norton. Graham Norton, Tina Fey, like. Oh, and Richard Iowardi. Nice. So great cast, but. That was Phoebe's Christmas watching. Yeah, man. But yeah, not really think up too much. Did you watch anything new? Um, or anything particular that sticks out to you? As- nothing that I haven't... Nothing that's actually new. I watched... I told you this for the first time. I watched Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. And Starring Mr. Hugh Grant. Starring Mr. Hugh Grant. And I have always said this. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. No, maybe not. But for a long period of my life, I've said, I love Hugh Grant. I love his work. <laughs> I respect him. I think 
if I had to, if gun to head top ten white people, Hugh Grant would be in it. Would he be number one? <laughs> You're <laughs> like my number my one. favorite white person. <laughs> um, but I'd never seen for weddings and a funeral because I like old Hugh Grant. I don't really like young Hugh Grant as much. I like Paddington Two, a very English scandal. Yeah. You know Florence yeah. Foster Jenkins, Hugh Grant, not um. <laughs> not like bumbling bumbling British. posh yeah he but, is um, like really epitome of like annoying posh white guy in four weddings that's right? the thing is that i never understood and i said this why people disliked hugh grant so much i was like but he's so charming i mean he is and like to be he fair is. i really fancied him in four weddings oh yeah obviously he was like handsome yeah but like just inferior but he was annoying yeah. and i was like i've never found you annoying before and i don't know how much i welcome stop man like finding him annoying you don't know how much you welcome like sudden negative emotions towards Hugh Yeah, I, don't, I didn't know how to process negative emotions towards you, Ron. Um, I do think you just have to get over that. You know? <laughs> um, well, I kind of enjoyed it. Some of it was really funny, but it is just like, it's there's just too many posh people, isn't there? Every single person is posh. I don't think there's one Everyone is posh. And like the fact that they're like, oh, I've got a castle and people aren't even that shocked by it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't em- empathise with that right? world. Oh yeah, because one of the weddings is like in a castle. Yeah. And I'm like... There's a lot of, like, big big castles and, like, bidding rooms and stuff. And I'm like, why have you... And, like, the main character lives on South Bank. Right. Like, on like on top of the BFI. And Windows not meant to bat an eyelid that his flat must be worth, like, £16 million or something. <laughs> don't, you, don't you have a flat above? Literally. No. I was like, oh, anyway. Um, anyway. But, yeah, it was good. I'm glad you've right. seen it, though, because I think out of... Out of, like, Notting Hill... Four weddings and all of those. I do like four weddings, and I think like, in for like working title films, it's good to like give them a go. Anything else? I watched. Obviously, I watched like It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I watched White Christmas. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, <laughs> I have such mixed feelings about that film. Yeah. Because I can. I I have so many reasons to not like it. Yeah. But I really it's like it. It's one of those films where, like, like when I was like, oh, Lily, do you want to come see White Christmas with me, like, last year? Yeah. I was like, I'm really nervous because I feel like this is the film where you're going to be like, fucking white people, man. It is. But also, you're like, I love Danny Kaye. I love Danny Kaye. I fucking love Danny Kaye. <laughs> and it's weird because people don't fuck with Danny Kaye, really. Well, I mean, I can see why. Because he's, he's just not, he's just outdated. I mean, I think he's been dead for, like, 30 years. Rest but. Peace. I think he's great in that film. Mm. I don't like Bing Crosby. I like Bing Crosby's voice, kind of. He's like a crooner. He's a crooner. <laughs> um, but I don't really like Bing Crosby. I think... Um, Short King. Who's in it? Vera Ellen? Vera Ellen. Yeah. Does some of the best film dancing you will She's ever see. She's a She's a fantastic dancer. dancer. And her, some of her costumes are so good. Like, yeah. Cool. George Clooney's aunt yeah. is in it. She's really good. She's good. But yeah. My favourite scene is obviously the one where they dress up and sing Sisters in drag. Sisters. That actually still makes me laugh. Like, a, like an 18-year-old woman. You're literally... Literally. Like a... How old am I? But I'm creasing. I've been at heart, you're... In feathers. Stop it. <laughs> and when they're all like... <laughs> it's so annoying. It's so annoying. And you know on like the trivia pages on Instagram, no. they're like, did you know... Did you know... That the laughing was real? Because they fucking loved this scene and they're best friends and they were laughing and I'm Apparently like, Ben care. Crosby was really uncomfortable doing the scene. Yeah, probably. And so Danny Kaye... He definitely votes Republican. He was a Republican, yeah. So Danny Kaye was like hitting him to try and make him loosen up and laugh. Was Danny Kaye a Republican? It. No, he wasn't. Good. But, I mean... I don't know much about Danny Kay. From what I've read, he was really horrible. Oh, nice. But a lot of comedians are. Well, there we are. Um, so that's that. 
if anyone wants any laughs, look up the videos of him and Harry Belafonte singing together. Hava. <laughs> Nagila Hava. They did have a Nagila because Danny Kaye is Jewish and they did um, a Calypso song because Harry Belafonte is Jamaican. And Danny Kaye was doing a Jamaican accent and I was obviously cruising. No! <laughs> no! Danny Kaye, what are you doing, man? I know. You're giving Jewish people a bad name. That is Jewish and black fucking alliance, isn't it? <laughs> Just that. That pairing. Just You're like, that. there we are. That's like, before this podcast, there was Danny Kaye and Harry Belafonte. And now we're bringing it back. <laughs> the two dynamic duos, right? Oh, God. Anyway. Um, well, that was nice. That was nice. I'm glad you had a good Christmas um, for the great film watching. Lily. Great, yeah. Now, coming into 2021, we were like, right, if we're not going to do a Christmas episode, what are we doing the episode on then? And you said to me that you recently read an article about how one of the films from the Psycho series is allegedly better than the first one, etc. Right? Yeah, because I... I had a vague knowledge in the back of my head they'd made Psycho sequels and I had also read before that Anthony Perkins was in all of them and I was really shocked by that because usually when there's like a very iconic film if there's sequels the main actors ju- aren't, the main actors aren't in, it. in it because they're not I mean why would you come back in it. Uh, why would you do a sequel to a Hitchcock film anyway and so I knew that and I was sort of like that's weird they're probably really bad I knew that one of them was made for TV and I was like terrible Great. surely um, but then I read I think it was Collider and they, were, they did a ranking and they said um, number two was the best one. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people said. Mm. Number two was the best. And there was one that I read and it said number two was the best. Number three was second best. Number one, Psycho 1, the Alfred Hitchcock film, <laughs> yeah. was only third best. Right. Out of four Psychos. And I was like, what? And so naturally you were like, right. Interest peaked, obviously. Honestly though, like I've never been more excited. Because I'm obviously... Either neither one of us have seen any of the sequels. No, right? yeah, I hadn't even seen a clip. Um, and the nineteen sixty Hitchcock Psycho, like that, is a great film, and seen we know it a few this, times. Right? Yeah. And like, it's just it's very funny to think here are some really shy eighties horror films yeah. that are ale- that are like meant to be sequels to this really iconic film. So we watched all four of them. We did. And <laughs> to be honest with you, what a, what a ride we went on. Ooh. I had a fucking amazing time. I had a really good time. Like, I haven't... It was definitely a fucking comedic feat, I think, those, <laughs> those four films. I mean, no, the first one... I th- I mean, we're going to say it now because it's obvious. The first one is the best one out of the... F- like, I think... I do think we both are coming from the perspective... Because when I, I said this to you when I read the articles, it was definitely from the perspective of... And I completely respect this. There's a lot of people who really love that like 80s camp horror aesthetic mm-hmm. and they love films of that they love the writing and they probably know loads of intellectual stuff about it that I don't know and so I think when they said that the, those two psychos two and three were better mm-hmm. they were pretty much like well that was the, that was where they were coming from that's yeah. what they're a fan of I'm not really into horror like that me either so I, when I watch when I watch them I was just coming from like a very normal perspective just like like, this as a film this as a film yeah yeah and i've always liked psycho for Mm. as long as i don't i I mean i watched it really late i think i watched it when i was like 17 or 18 yeah but i have always since then been like sickening well it's it's good for like a number of reasons i mean obviously anthony perkins is like great yeah and also just like yeah obviously it's a hitchcock film and i hate to be that film student but like he did a good job he did a very Um, good job 
Alfred. Like, yeah, <laughs> good old Alfred. Yeah. Um, big man like Alfred. In it. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think, like, obviously, shot really well, suspense. I mean, some some may say king of suspense, I would say. <laughs> well, Psycho is pretty fucking suspenseful. It is. Um, and you were saying the scene where... Um, He's in like the parlor mm-hmm. with all the stuffed birds and they're eating. Which sandwiches. is my favorite scene. I think it's. It's a terrifying. really, really, like you can feel the tension in the and like I hate because like so many films and so many scenes people are like this is the most like atmospheric like tense scene in any film and I'm like sometimes I don't agree with that because sometimes I don't feel the tension. Also, sometimes I think obviously it's always deliberate, but when it's too deliberate and it's too forced can be kind of irritating. Yeah. I'm sort of watching it like you're trying to make me feel tense. Yeah, the only the only scene I can really like say does the same thing for me is um Deer Hunter. Oh yeah. With the Russian roulette. Oh yeah. With Christopher yeah. Walken and stuff. I think didn't we watch Inglorious Bastards recently? When he's eating his strudel. Yeah, the strudel. Because shit because, me because as well. it is it's that thing of like Obviously, everyone knows this. I'm not just saying, guys, did you know Alfred Hitchcock said this? <laughs> but when Alfred Hitchcock was like, you place a bomb under the table and mm. you tell the audience that there's a bomb under the table, the suspense is bigger. And I think like that's why the scene in Psycho is even better when you know that Norman Bates is the murderer. Yeah. Because you're like, who? Like yeah. when he's like, you eat like a bird. And there's like taxidermy birds. It's interesting, it. isn't it? Because we are obviously... Word around when Psycho came out. No. And I'd be interested to know the difference between... There's an audience of people who watched it, and I don't know what they thought when mm. they saw her being killed in the shower by someone in a dress. Oh, exactly. The big twist in Psycho, obviously... Spoiler, but it was 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah. The big twist in Psycho is obviously that it's Norman, it's Norman Bates in a dress. His mum is dead. Yeah. She's been dead as well. Yeah. You see the corpse is gross. And um, But when it came out, mm-hmm. they had made a big point of saying, we're not going to tell you what happens in this film. We're just going to show you... Even the critics didn't know. They only sh- it was one of those where only showed them the first like forty five mm-hmm. minutes or something, and so I won- I'm wondering like what that audience felt like. Was the shock that good? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, but we don't have that. We can't even watch it from that perspective because I've always known. I've always known. Obviously. That. Yeah. And like, not to give myself credit, I think I probably would have worked it out. Oh. Because it was a man in a dress. It wasn't. It wasn't a little old lady, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Lily's like I would have fucking sniffed out something. But anyway. What I really love, and I think it's upon me watching it, I think my favourite thing about mm. it mm-hmm. is like that Anthony Perkins is just like the least intimidating. Yeah. And like, I don't know if you got that because even though he's terrifying in that scene, no, like physically. I got that. It's because he is that like skinny white man. Yeah. But also, he's so soft spoken. He's so soft spoken and he's so like gangly and, and like, he looks so young yeah. and, and he's quite like. It, I was thinking, like, if there was a guy who I wasn't going to be scared of, it would probably be Norman Bates at the start of Psycho. Until he starts being like, you wanted to put my mother in a men- mental institution, yeah, that part. Yeah, until yeah. that part, he's I'm, like, I'm like, he's completely harmless. Yeah. Like, and Which I think is that's the so point, smart. Obviously. Yeah, so smart. And, and like, we'll get into later how the later films distort that I literally and did. how frustrating that is I just got like a I just got like a wave of the image of Anthony Perkins in the fourth film I literally like I can't I can't man I it's, literally uh, anyway it's so anyway it's so fucking frustrating uh, so so yeah Psycho from 1960 the Psycho that everyone knows that like, I don't think we even need to go into everyone knows it's a great film it's a great so film one of the best of all time and we are putting it number one 
on the on the list of what's the best in a Sorry, series. Sorry, guys, we're not being unorthodox here. We both think it's the best one. Uh, bitch, I'm not about to be like Psycho <laughs> Force, the best Psycho. Like, also, like, I didn't even know until I was about 17, 18 that there were even more Psychos. You wouldn't think. I didn't know. You because... would think at the end... When he does, oh, there's so many great scenes. The silent scream that he does silent at the scream. end, and the smile at the end when he says, "Mother wouldn't hurt a fly." Why? Why toy with it? Why toy with it? That being said, they did, and I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and hate. I had a great time watching. Number so, two. 23 years after the first film, <laughs> 23 years in 1983, they released Psycho Two, and this, like all of the Psycho films, stars Anthony Perkins. And the kind of vibe of the second Psycho is obviously an 80s horror film, so super fucking bad acting. Right, camp, yeah. Like, whatever. Very entertaining. If you like, like, 80s horror, I would suggest watching these. Yeah, 100%. Because they are very funny, just because of how, like, bad they are. They're funny because they're bad, but I also think there is a level of self-awareness. Like, I'm not going to completely take the credit, because I, I do think... I think they know. They know, and... It's obviously that's a big switch from Psycho, which was like this like black and white, very well and written, very was, well acted and stuff. Yeah, and it was like a very um, like like pivotal horror for the for the time. For the time, you know? yeah. like that film is vital for like horror and noir and suspense and all of these things. And obviously Hitchcock is iconic. So when you yeah when you do Psycho two and it's like suddenly in the eighties, of course it's going to be this like we're going to make loads of references to the first film and they're going to be really cheesy like yeah. But I didn't I didn't hate the second one. I enjoyed. I I, I would argue. It. I would say I enjoyed it and I will like put my hands up and say I'm definitely going to watch it again at some point. Oh yeah, it's, it's probably going to become part of my Halloween watching. Yeah. The first three. The first three. Psychos will probably become a part. We'll get into it. We'll probably become. <laughs> <laughs> my Halloween watching literally rolls out because I did really really enjoy them. Yeah. Um, what happened? In what the happens in Psycho then? 2? So Norman Bates is out. Norman Bates. We find out that he yeah. got not guilty based on reason of insanity. Yeah. Which is a thing, and he's been in an institution for twenty three years, and they've let him out, and he <laughs> goes back to the same. He goes house. Back, he's allowed to go back to the same place. Allowed which is to a bit run less Bates realistic. Motel. <laughs> he goes back to Bates Motel where he killed. A few people, <laughs> not exactly sure at this point how many, because it, the number changes. Oh my god. Um, but a few people. One yeah. of them was his mum, the detective. Yeah. Marion Crane. Yeah. So that's at least three. Yeah, his yeah. mum's lover, four. And later on we find out a couple I others. mean, the number does the change. The number does change. He's, so- basically, he's a serial killer. But as soon as, he, <laughs> as soon as he gets out of prison or whatever. So yeah, he goes straight back to Bates Hotel. And, like, the funniest thing about this film is how much they make things so obvious, like, um, yeah. visual cues and stuff. So, like, he goes he goes into his drawer in his kitchen and sees the knife. The and exact he, knife, and, he, and like, it's still got blood on it. He picks it up and he's all like... Because no one's removed that. I'm like, did your psychiatrist not go, hmm, maybe there's going to be a lot of triggers here that might trigger Surely. his, like, instability. All the dresses are still there. The holes aren't covered up. That's all still there, so he can still be on his bullshit. <laughs> it's just horrible. And like, oh, and I know that you don't feel the same way because when I was being like, "Oh bless," you oh. were like not having it. No, at all. I wasn't. But he gets out, and I'm thinking, which again, changes in the later films. <laughs> but I'm thinking this: Norman Bates is safe. Norman Bates as his mum, not safe. Yeah, we know that he yeah. kills people, but that's when he's as his mum. Like he's not just constantly on a murderous rampage and I'm like well he's been medicated he's been in an institution he gets out he gets a job I'm happy for him at this point I'm glad that he's out and I'm like great Norman I'm really rooting for you here 
there's that woman who's kind of a love interest, but actually not really. Which one? The girl um, who's marrying Crane's niece. Oh, yeah. Because Vera Miles comes back as the sister. Yeah, so obviously in the first one, the the victim in the shower, Marion Crane. Later on in the first film, her sister kind of goes snooping about, tries to understand what's going on. Yeah. And then, yeah, in the second film, Vera Miles comes back. Reprises with, her role. Reprises yeah. her role and brings her daughter in. And yeah, like... They work at the same diner. They work at the same diner. And we you find out later on in the film that it was all um, constructed to, like, frame Norman Bates and get him to kill again. Yeah, because obviously, and I think it's understandable, the way she goes about it isn't, but it's understandable. <laughs> obviously, the Marion Crane sister is disgusted. They've let she's like, you literally, back into Fairview. Yeah. But before we know all that, he meets this girl who is much younger than him and you kind of think it's going to be a love interest. But actually, he really wants her to stay at the house and you're kind of like oh Norman's back on his creepy shit yeah but actually it's because he's like scared to be in the house on his own yeah because he's not sure about how much he can control himself mm. in that house mm. cause because why would you send him back to that it, house who let him go back <laughs> man but no the um, I, I don't know the actress's name but I mean she wasn't exactly the best actress but she definitely like she definitely made it quite she provided the screen she provided kind of thing, didn't yeah she, she did and um, it was entertaining and um she this is something that repeats itself in all the sequels she's obsessed with norman yeah she will do anything for him and we just don't know why this is the weird thing about this series is not in the first one no because obviously marion crane is a perfectly normal kind of driven by her own desires character Mm. she actually has her own mind and her own shit going on the other three films they don't fuck with that. They're the like, women love Norman. The women are... and we They were, all die for him. Yeah, and also, like, we were talking about this when we were like, oh, how, how are we going to say our opinions on the podcast? And we were like, we're going to sound like misogynists. Literally, because but it can't be helped. In Psycho 2, 3, and 4, the way women act in those films, the way out, they're literally bugging out. they are all so, like, clueless. And they're obsessed with Norman Bates, which... I'm sorry, pardon, literally pardon. They've all got in full, like, like fully in mind that he's killed several people. <laughs> and they're like, but we And love yeah, <laughs> if there's a murder, they're like, he didn't do it, he's too nice. I'm like, we've seen this before. Everyone's rammed up his arms. How big is Fairview? How many convicted murderers are there? And they all happen on the base motel lot. <laughs> let's all put let's just put not even two and two not even two and two let's all just use it's just very basic level logic like very basic that it's probably something to do with him and right? she's like no it wasn't Norman because we were out together which was a fake alibi she doesn't know where Norman was right? when someone got killed so it was probably and him and he was like he was like he asked her he was like why did you lie for me and she was like because I know you didn't do it Norman and I'm like how do you know how do you know anyway so she loves Norman she's a shooter for Norman um what happens at the end of Psycho 2? Well, um, <laughs> it's a bit of a. Psycho 2 was a bit of a confusing one because obviously Marion Crane's sister is like trying to frame Norman and get him to kill again. So she's dressing up as the mother and like ringing Norman and like basically she's like trying to trigger Norman to like kill again so she can get him sent away. Yeah. But at the end. Someone, I mean, there's like a mystery killer in this film, and unless we missed something, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure if we missed something. Someone or... else dressed up as Norman's mum in the wig and the dress, and killed Vera Miles and killed like um, 
like a teenager that killed was, a teenage boy that was there. That was there, and like we, I don't think you find out who that was. And yeah, it wasn't Norman that stabbed the mum through the face, was it? See, that's what I'm confused I'm about. Confused. I think maybe you're meant to take it as it was Norman, but, but they don't I show don't, it. Yeah. Um, especially the boy, they don't show you who it is. And you, the, the, that character is not even named, and he's forgotten about very quickly that he's died. That's such a pointless scene. Um, because all it... we know is that Marion Crane's niece, who's living with Norman, cleans it up without even thinking about it. Right. And it's like, well, it wasn't you. And he's like, well, maybe it was me. And she's like, well, it wasn't. And it's like, she so just who has was too it much confidence. She has far too much confidence in him. And then the ending is so whack. So <laughs> Marion Crane's sister dies. Yeah. Goodbye, Vera Miles. Thank you for coming back. <laughs> And then Norman Norman has gone insane again by this point. He's convinced his mum is chatting to him and that. Yeah. It's just, clearly the ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. He's probably never going to get out of this. Nope. We've got to accept it. Mm-hmm. This girl won't accept it. Yeah. So she, I think he goes to kill her and she's got a gun. She, basically, she dresses up as the mum to try and be like, look. Your mum's not actually back, yeah, yeah. Norman. Like, it was it was my mum framing you. Like, she was dressing up as your mother. I'm dressing up as your mum. Look, it's me. And then he's, like, fucking slashes up the body of his mum, if you remember. Yeah. There's just a lot of confusing things to happen. If this doesn't make sense, it doesn't It's because have the to. film didn't make sense. I don't... I can't remember how the film ends, you know? So, I mean, it ends in complete bloodshed because Marion Crane's sister is dead. The girl ends up dying because a police officer shoots her. Oh, yeah. Thinking that she was attacking Norman. Oh, my God. And then the police officer is like, there's no way Norman would have done this. (laughs) And it's like, what do you mean there's no way Norman would have done this? He's done it before. The police, the police in the Psycho series. Oh, my God. Are so far up Norman's ass. They are always like. It's ridiculous. Norman wouldn't kill. They're like, Norman wouldn't do this. He's been in prison. He got convicted. He's been in prison for murder before. Why are they so willing to believe that this girl killed her own mum? Right. And was going to kill Norman. And the psychologist guy that snuck up on her. <laughs> yeah, she kills the psychologist by accident. Cause she he gets thrown down the stairs by accident. Yeah, because basically she's like getting chased by Norman Bates or whatever. And then someone makes her jump and it's this like side character, like a psychologist. And she kills him because obviously she's holding a knife and scared. So and she turns around and just stabs him and he dies. And it's like... And they're like, she killed the psychologist, which she did by accident. She killed her mum, which she didn't. Norman did. And then they shoot her. Yeah. And she is dead too. Mm-hmm. And the only survivor is Norman Bates. And he survives and he, he's, he's sick again. Like, mm. he's back on his bullshit. Yeah. By the end of this film, he is back on his bullshit. And we're his like, job is gone. He's not working at that fucking diner anymore. He's just Norman Bates again, ready to kill. Same old Norman. Chilling, same old Norman. And the police are like... We love him. He's we love fine. you. So glad so you're back. back. Like, everyone's support for Norman Bates is... Obviously, I get it. I mean, yeah, you were, like, a shooter. I like... Okay, I really like the character. I think it's a really interesting character. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting fucking images of the fourth film, man. I can't. No, like, I, I get how in the second one you could be a shooter. Because, to be fair, like, he has hope. Yeah. And it does all just get, like, completely fucking blown out of the water, but it's fine. Yeah, I know. Um... I was like, and I think you felt the same way, when you're watching Marion Crane's sister, who I really liked as a character in the first film, when you're really watching her just, like, torment Norman <laughs> and try and get him to fall back into insanity, possibly kill someone, yeah. and then get sent and, and institutionalised again, I wasn't happy about it. I was like, this is shit of you. Just leave him alone. 
know. She doesn't even live in Fairview. She comes to Fairview and stays in a hotel to try and get Norman out. Oh, yeah, she does. And I'm she? like, yo, he's in this town. He's not even gonna, like, he hasn't got shit to do with you anymore. Like, he killed your sister, but it was a long time ago. And <laughs> I just don't like watching him be, like, tormented again. Surely he's been through enough psychological torment at this point. Torma. I said torment. Oh. Not torma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But also, I'm not, I wasn't really rooting. But, but I think, like, what's interesting and what I love about this film is that it's very much like you can't have that view where you're like maybe he's not maybe he should be in prison mm-hmm. but we don't need to psychologically torment him but yeah on this it's sort of like either you hate him and you want the absolute worst for him and you're completely out to get him and your whole life is based on getting Norman Bates or you love him you will give an alibi to him for no reason ride or die you'll literally ride or die you can't be in between with Norman Bates, in, according to this film. According to this film, can't be in between. Yeah. So, swiftly moving on to the third Psycho film. This Which is... 1986, so it's three after three years after the second Psycho. Yeah, it's set one month after. Yeah, so Anthony Perkins visibly looks older because it's set... It's, it was made three years after. Yeah. But it is set a month after. And what are we saying about Psycho 3, Lily? Give some general opinion. I also love Psycho 3. To be it fair. It was so fun. It was fun. It was funny. Laughed a lot. Had some laughs. Yeah. I definitely had some laughs. Um, it began... You actually said, or it might have been your sister, like, the beginning of the film has maybe like it no link to the style of psycho like you don't feel like you're you're literally oh my god you if you just watched it and didn't know that you had like physically looked up psycho 3 watch online you would be like i have got the wrong film right because it starts with a nun about to jump off of a tower yeah because of god or whatever and then the nuns that try and stop her not because they care about her but because suicide is a sin yeah she accidentally knocks one of them off of the tower and she dies. Yeah. And you watch her go all the way down. Right. How dramatic is a film to kill a nun in the first scene? <laughs> They're like, we're just gonna fucking... What the fuck? It's so wild and also, like, no con- you don't get any contact. She's just, like... You don't get any contact whatsoever. She just is screaming, like, there isn't a god, there isn't a god. And then, instead of calling the police or the undertaker or who you call when someone is dead... They don't call anyone, they just banish her from the nunnery. Yeah, they're like, leave, and then she goes off... Hitchhikes. Hitchhikes. And get in, she gets into a car with this maybe the worst cool. film character of all time. And it's this, like, absolute 80s, like, jock, horrible oh, character. God. He has, like, stubble, long brown hair, wears plaid shirts, sweaty. His name is, um, Dwayne Duke. <laughs> no! Ah! So that's all you need to know, basically. And he literally... He's disgusting. He's a horrible character. He's such a fucking weirdo. Really, really sexist. His whole trope is that, don't touch my guitar. He's like, mind the guitar. He says it like four times. Hey, watch the guitar. Spoiler, Norman kills him with the guitar. (laughs) He's like, mind the guitar. Doof. Oh my god. He's an NPC character, that guy. He's an NPC. And I love it, because we said this while we were watching it. (laughs) <laughs> Anthony Perkins directed this, this one, and so it's got his own flavour. <laughs> and I was like, this is what he thinks straight men are. Like. <laughs> He's like, I need to have a straight man. He was character. like, what, mm, what does straight men do? Guitar, beer, rapist, sexist, <laughs> smokes, <laughs> uh, disgusting, no personal hygiene, steals money. 
<laughs> he was just like actual scum. Like that character was just scum. And I mean, he got his comeuppance in the end after like a lot of coming back to life, and then dying, and then coming back. To he life. was in it too much, I think. He definitely. I um, didn't want to see Dwayne Duke. No, and there's a really weird sex scene. Okay, there no, we a, need to talk about the scene. It's not even a sex scene, and again, it's like Anthony Perkins is like what <laughs> straight saying, sex. We kept saying, um, Anthony's giving the people what they want. <laughs> there's like this weird scene where him and the nun, because the nun gets obsessed with Norman Bates and would kill for him <laughs> and wants to marry him, and because basically, I mean, they meet through. She comes to stay at the motel, of course she does. Yeah, and she is going to kill herself in the bath, and yeah. Norman is going to kill her in the shower, yeah. as he's done before. But instead... But instead he finds her, he s- snaps out of Mother, hmm. and he turns into Norman Bates, who's a nice guy, yeah. and he saves her. It's lovely, And it's she then is, like, completely... Obsessed. Like, in debt to him for saving her life. Yeah. She basically turns crazy, and, like, is out of her mind in love with Norman Bates. Yeah. And, yeah, there's the scene... Where they, they go for dinner. Okay, no, we need to talk about all of it. They go on a dinner date. They go on a dinner date. Norman Bates. Norman Bates from Psycho goes on a dinner date with a nun. Dinner and dancing. Yeah, they dance. They dance. And then... um, When they the- get up, when they get up to go and dance, you just hear loads of people laughing. Because <laughs> everyone in this town knows Norman Bates and they see Norman Bates start dancing and they start laughing like, it's just such a weird <laughs> and she's point. like don't worry about them norman it's such a weird <laughs> plot point like i don't know why it's they so are bizarre but no they he they was... dance and then <laughs> and then what happens after that they drive back and then Dwayne duke who's now working in the motel <laughs> yeah. he's like go on norman she's waiting for you <laughs> in her room because she goes into her room and she tries to get norman to come in and obviously <laughs> Does it need to be said, Norman Bates has weird attitude towards sex with women. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And there's like a party going on in the background. There's loads of people partying. That was confusing. That I was really understand. confusing. They didn't really understand why there was suddenly so many people. And they were already old. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and um, he goes in and they're not able to sleep together. And then they end up falling asleep next to each other. And then she wakes up. Someone in the party wakes her up and she's on her own. And Norman is gone. And we're like, oh god, where's Norman? All these drunk people mm-hmm. and women on their own. Where's Norman? Obviously, goes and we see his little brogues in the end of his long dress, <laughs> <laughs> the back of a grey wig, and we think, oh god. And you see the glint of a knife, and you're like, oh, oh Norman. Fuck, here we go again. And a woman on the toilet. Okay, this scene was so funny. Oh, really? <laughs> she was. There's a woman on the toilet. And he opens the door, and she goes... <laughs> she was like, hey, you scared me. Occupied. And it's like... She's, no, she goes, hey, sister. Hey, sister. <laughs> and it's like, sister. You're looking Norman at Norman Bates. Bates six foot two. Literally six foot two. In a wig. <laughs> with a suit under his dress. <laughs> with a knife in hand. And instead of being scared, you're just like, hey, sister. Occupied. <laughs> and then obviously, e, 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 e. Oh my god. It's so stupid, man. That scene fucking killed me off, actually. She's like, you scared the piss out of me. (laughs) She scared the piss out of me. (laughs) And I'm like, bitch. This is what we mean by we're going to sound misogynist, because all of these women literally are so dumb. Like, I'm not not surprised they all got, you know, bumped off. Bumped off. Who else does he bump off? So Dwayne Duke brings a woman back. 
<laughs> and Obviously, she's it's like, like horrible to her. Yeah, she's like, I think he met her like in a bar. She's like a blonde 80s, you know, like skinny, pretty. Yeah. That's the idea for this character. The kind of girl who dies in a horror film yeah. in the 80s. And um, Dwayne Duke. I hate his fucking name. You know. Um, that's the weird sex scene, low lights, kind of like neon. He's holding like, loads of like porn in the background. Loads of porn stuck on the walls. She's like naked and like he he's holding like lamps on his lap. It's all very weird. It's a bit much, um, really. And then he's really horrible to her. He like violently kicks her out while for, like, she's no still reason. naked. Yeah, she's naked. And then she goes into a phone booth to be like. Uh, I don't know, like taxi or whatever, and mm. Norman kills her. Norman kills her. And earlier on, she had tried to convince Norman to come back to the room and have a look at threesome with Dwayne Duke. <laughs> and I just think it's hilarious that they're like, these women take one look at Norman and are fucking salivating. Right? I, I don't get it, personally. Who, I mean, 50 something, very normal guy. Normal looking man. And it's just like. So baffling. Oh, so funny. But, um, but yeah, he kills her. In his dress. We see the dress, we yeah. see the rogues, we know what's going to happen. He kills a lot of people in the, in the third film. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I would put Psycho 3 above Psycho 2, just for like pure entertainment. I thought that this was yeah. way more like what the actual fuck is going on. Psycho 2 yeah. was at least like vaguely good. Psycho 3 was trash, but like so hilarious. Hilarious. It was just like, I'm so glad to see him back doing what he does best. Murdering. Murder. Murder. <laughs> we forgot the most important part about all of these films. Go on. The trend here, and this will lead us swiftly into the fourth psycho, which don't even want to talk about. <laughs> but if you want an a completely incoherent, inconsistent series, watch Psycho all four films. Because the issue with this, and you get this in the third one, his origin story and yeah. who his mum is where he's come from is different in every film literally and in the second film it turns out that like his mother wasn't his mother oh god yeah i, I couldn't even like, like I, I don't even know how to talk about it like the the thing of like his mom wasn't his mom his mom's sister was his mom and then he killed her and then you found it in the third one she wasn't actually his mom the mom we knew was his mom yeah was his mom so he killed this old woman for no reason. Like, makes doesn't make any doesn't sense. Doesn't make any sense. There's a journalist trying to get to the bottom of it for whatever reason. <laughs> right, why are they so interested? But this is the thing, like, his origin story is different in every film. So, in a way, they are, like, four separate films. They are basically four separate films. Um, the one thing linking them is Anthony Perkins. Is Anthony Perkins, <laughs> who, who stayed committed. Stay right? completely committed to the character all the way through. Um, now... I really want to talk about Psycho for the beginning. It's called Psycho for the beginning. It was made oh four years after the third one, so in 1990. And... I have a little beef with this one. Dear fucking God, right? Go on. Okay. <laughs> so, we should preface this. The guy who wrote Psycho 1 wrote Psycho 4. He made the decision to ignore 2 and 3. Despite the cast being the same, and everyone has seen 2 and 3. Like, mm. so... Why he thought, well, I didn't see two and three, right. so I'm just going to write. He's like, I wrote, I wrote the 1960 Psycho, so 30 years later. So fuck it. Because basically, at the end of Psycho 3, they find out he's been killing people again, and they send him away. Because he's been killing people again. His body count is like 12 now. And they're like, we're going to arrest And they're like, I can't be- they're like, oh, we can't believe we let you out. I can't believe you did either. And he goes, and you're sort of like- And he's like, I'm free. I'm free of mother, whatever- yeah. Mum's dead. 
you're sort of like, okay, well, that makes sense. Norman mm. Bates has been killing again. At least now he's um, he's feeling mentally well, but he's going to be in prison, as he should be, because he killed several people. But the fourth one, all of a sudden... Discounts everything All of a sudden... Happened. Okay, it starts on a radio show, which, again, nothing to do with Psycho. They're talking about matricide in this radio show, yeah. and you're sort of sat there like, whatever. Okay. And then there's a caller, <laughs> and he's like... What, are the, what do they call them all the way through? Like Tom Ed, or something? Ed. Ed, Ed. He's like, they're like, what's your name, sir? And he's like, Ed. And then you're like, He oh, goes, you can call me Ed. I know that back anyway. Like, I know that fucking voice. And then it's Norman Bates and he turns around really dramatically and he admits on this radio show about all the people he's killed and the premise of the fourth film is his past. Yeah. So you see his childhood and his relationship so with his mother. So because the beginning, right? Yes, yeah, like at the beginning. See, the issue with this film is one even of the issues. <laughs> even one of the issues. Even though it is written by the same guy that wrote the Alfred Hitchcock Psycho, it still doesn't adhere to the narrative of the Alfred Hitchcock Psycho. No, it doesn't. They still don't really link because the background that you get told in the first film is completely different to the fourth film. And then after, because we watched the second and third Psycho, we were just sat there like it. I, None of what happened in the second or third film is referenced, is important. He's just out. When they show him turning around, is Norman Bates in a fuck-off massive house. He has a house. Lovely kitchen, cooking his dinner. He's got his knife. What's he going to do with that? You know? In his, Just like... And it's his birthday. It's his, it's his birthday. He's got a wife. His a wife, wife is pregnant. Yeah. She works in a hospital. They met when he was a psychiatric patient in the hospital. And she... Which is not legal, isn't ethical, even if it was legal. <laughs> it just basically like very confusing if you want to watch the fourth film and not be absolutely mind boggled don't watch the second and third film because the writer just said mm, they didn't the writer just it. said fuck that basically so yeah this film has a lot of flashbacks because we're we're seeing young young norman bates now we're seeing young norman and i mean it's it's so it's so bad the young norman parts are like almost unwatchable they're really really awful they decide to make norman's um, psychopath serial killer origin stem from his incestual abusive relationship with his mother yeah and it's very strange so I think he's 18 15 18 he's meant to be about 15 yeah but, yeah the kid was like 18 so it's like teenage Norman Bates and there's just a lot of references to like he's like attracted to his mother she, his mother she exit there's a scene where she's like oh it's really hot like block me block my skin with your hands and it's very weird and erotic with your um, hands start on my ankle and like go up my leg yeah and is she, she like says. she's like moaning and stuff and then like they wrestle they wrestle roll about on the floor and he's on top of her and she's like i mean i'm guessing it's insinuating that you know he got hard yeah and she's like how dare you even you know acknowledge that you have that thing referencing his penis and then suddenly it's like you're a girl you're a girl norman bates Norma, Ugh. Norma Bates. And it's like, wait, what? She forced him into a dress and put some lipstick on him. And we're sort of sat here like, there was never a hint that like Norman Bates, as Norman Bates, would like put on a dress and lipstick. The reason he did that is because he was playing mother. That was his other personality. Yeah, because for, for all of the films so far, so first, second and third, we're literally told the reason he dresses up in female clothing is because that female clothing is his mother's. And it's his way of processing the fact that his mother is dead. So he, he needs to keep her alive so he becomes mother, right? Yeah. That's what we all know about Psycho. That's said in the first one, right? Yeah. But in the fourth one, they're suddenly like, 
look, Norman got told by his mother that he's a girl. Look, Norman has like a dress catalogue in his bedroom that he secretly looks at. And yeah. like, so we're meant to now be like, oh, Norman Bates fancies his mother and also like wants to dress up in female clothing. But yeah. I'm like, that's not what we've been told. Not at all. And also it doesn't make any sense. And you sort of watch it and it's just like not even fun. It's just like really uncomfortable. Yeah. His mum is suddenly, which I hate to think it, but they made his mum like this young and attractive woman, which she wasn't. She was an old lady yeah, the, when the she voice, died. The voice. The voice was an, like an, old an old lady, woman. but she's suddenly Olivia Hussey, and she's only like forty or something in the film, and she's like really young and attractive. She's horrible, but like they make it so you can be like Norman fancies her, and yeah. it's like no, 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 no. If it was gonna be like an unhealthy like incestuous relationship, why do we need to make it so that like the audience is like. Yeah, Piff, Olivia, right? Hussey. Like, why are we doing that? No, it's it's really and bizarre. It's just really horrible to watch, and you're sort of like, ill. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> I'm beefing Olivia Hussey here. Norman Bates' mum is American. Yeah. Why Why not just do an accent? Why are you keeping your British accent? Yeah, it was really bizarre to me. Like, I didn't really understand. Because also, at this point, I'm used to the series being very inconsistent, and I don't really expect a lot in terms of continuity <laughs> but also like just a simple thing like do an american accent would have been quite nice but it would have it, it would I have been a good touch it's asking for too much though isn't it really obviously but no you see norman in this film killing his mother and her like boyfriend he poisons them and lol so we have been told in a previous film that her boyfriend was killed by her sister who was jealous i think we get told that in number two yeah, or three maybe. So that's out the window, that's gone. She hasn't even got a sister in this one. Yeah. And so that, that storyline's completely gone. There's all these horrible scenes where they're having, like, really loud sex while Norman is downstairs. And it's sort yeah. of, like, again, I thought Norman's, like, emotional and psychological problems were meant to be more complex than, like, he was literally pushed to the edge mm. and then killed them. Yeah. Like, no, I don't think we have to make it so, like, obtuse mm. that they, like, piss him off and they, like... He punches him. He, like, punches Norman. Yeah. Why are we making it so obvious and, like, Norman is, like, within reason for mm. his hatred towards his mum and this mm. guy? I thought it was meant to be just, like, they'd grown, he'd grown up with just his mum and then the jealousy of seeing her with another man is what really drove him to the edge. Which makes sense and, like, I can accept that as, a, as an audience member. Whereas, well, like, absolutely. as soon as you bring in all this weird stuff about, like... Like, there's a scene where his mum comes up to him in the full film. His mum comes up to him and starts hitting him. And he's like, why are you hitting me? And she's like, well, who else am I supposed to hit? And she starts going on about how, like, giving birth to him has made her, like, piss herself. Oh, yeah. The dialogue the in dialogue is bizarre. is specifically bad. And the line delivery is also bad, but whatever. <laughs> it just... It's I just grim. By the fourth film, I think we concluded that if we were going to watch the series again or if we were going to make this a Halloween tradition it would only be the first three yeah it would be i'm, the first ne- I'm three. never watching this fourth one again it was so bad no. it was it was funny at times because of how bad it was but even this film was like i don't think i could watch that again yeah it was I, just, a lot. I have like pretty much all of my takeaway with the it was just so incoherent i didn't like that the writer just went mm, no i'm gonna disregard the past two films so all of that narrative we got, <laughs> yeah. confusing narrative, but all of it got completely thrown out the window. So the full film made no sense if you had the other two for context. What was funny, and I also just hated the story arc of it, was like Norman was telling the story on the radio, <laughs> over the phone, and 
as he's telling the story, he tells them at the start that he did his time for the murders that he's done, and they believe they choose to believe him. Eventually, they work out that he's Norman Bates, mm. and he says to them on the phone, "I've killed, and I'm going to kill again because I need to kill my wife." He's like, "I need and to kill my wife because my wife is pregnant, and we can't have my his wife his his wife who illegally got with him while he was in the like psychiatry yeah. unit of her hospital." Mm has now decided that with her murderer husband, she then took herself off the pill without telling him and got, and pregnant, got pregnant and said, like, we're keeping it, even though for years Norman Bates was like, we are not having a baby because I don't want my genes to be passed on because I'm scared. Which is reasonable. Right? Because well, If he doesn't want a baby because he's scared the baby is going to be like him, don't he doesn't want a baby. And she's like, well, fuck it. I love you, Norman, so I'm going to have a baby and then, whether you want to or not. And then we're all meant to be like... <gasps> When Norman's, like, on the radio station, I'm gonna kill my wife. Which, okay, my biggest beef with this film, because I said this earlier, Norman Bates isn't a murderer. Norman Bates, as mother, is a murderer. He has split personality. They say that in every film. Why is Norman Bates, in his completely sane mind, on the radio, I'm gonna kill my wife? Why does he say that? And then they literally say, don't call the police. We need to get the story out of him. Uh... No, call the police. Because if someone says I'm gonna kill my wife... You would call the police. You would call the police. Like, you don't... He doesn't need to have done it. They're like, well, he hasn't done anything yet. And it's like... Yeah, because... He doesn't need to actually have done anything physically for you to say. This convicted murderer (laughs) has just said to us, I'm going to kill my wife. Go and make sure he doesn't do it. Right? Because he might. Because he he probably will, because he's killed, like, a dozen people before. But this is the thing, is, like, the whole film and the way that the narrative is set out, it's meant to be non-linear, and I guess they were, like, trying something there. But honestly, it just ended up being absolutely shy and frustrating. I think, like, what they should have done is either just do a complete prequel and make it all set in the past. Yeah, which I wouldn't have watched, but it would have been better than this. Yeah. <laughs> or do the whole Norman Bates is going to have a son and then do, like, Norman Bates' kid, which I know they were planning on maybe doing a fifth one. Yeah, And doing, yeah, like, yeah. the son of Norman Bates or the daughter of Norman Bates. But that just would have been a better film than what this was. I think they should have picked something instead of trying to, like, do all of this and change every narrative point we've had so far and everything. Like, I just don't get it. Oh, it's so frustrating. So frustrating. And the ending. The ending was like, so Norman Bates, (laughs) after he's finished on the radio station telling his little quips and stories, he Mm. then is like, right, okay, now to go kill my wife. He brings his wife to the house, the Bates Motel house. She's like, she's like, what are we doing here, Norman? And it's like, why do you think you were his therapist? He's killed so many people here. Why do you think he's driven you out in the middle of the night on your own to the house? To the house where he's killed over a dozen people. Why do you think? I know. What, why does every woman in these films think they're different? Right? Norman Bates kills women. <laughs> Norman Bates has always killed women. Right. He's not going to stop for you. He will always do it, obviously. So (laughs) on the fourth film now. (laughs) Lily's fucking losing her much. She's going red. I'm actually going to lose my mind. Um, I can see steam coming out of your ears. He takes her back to the house and he he basically, like, long story short, he chases her around, tries to kill her, and she's like, Norman, what are you doing? And it's like, bitch, you should have Instead of leaving and getting in the car, which she drove. He said, I have to go get rid of the past now. And he sets fire to the house. But obviously, stupid Norman gets, like, stuck in there. He sets fire to it while he's still inside. And there's a whole... There's, an, there's, like, a whole sequence where the house is burning, Norman is trapped inside, the wife is being stupid and just standing outside the burning house being like, Norman, Norman, get out! And it's like, call the fucking fire brigade. It's like, it's 1990. 
there's access to a telephone probably. Yeah. yeah, so he's inside this house, he's seeing like apparitions and ghosts and hallucinations of his mother and people that he's killed. And then all of that for nothing because he escapes anyway and he gets out of the house. Through the basement. Through the basement. And he just goes off happily ever after with his wife and the last thing you hear after is he a crying baby. Literally just tried to kill her. After he just tried to kill fully her. In his fully sane mind, just tried to kill her. And you're meant to believe, because you see them leave the scene, their arms around each other, she's fine. I'm like, he tried, He just tried to kill you and your unborn child. Are you not a little bit worried? Honestly. But he's like, no, 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 I, I burnt the house down as well. I burnt the house down, so it's completely gone now. Don't worry. We're on the fourth film, yeah. but don't worry, it's gone this time. I just didn't see the oh point in, God. like, this whole, like, 15, 20-minute sequence of him, like, I mean, it probably was, like, five minutes, but it seemed long. Yeah, it felt, like, longer. Of him, like, in a burning house thinking, oh, is he gonna, you know, get trapped and die? And... I desperately wanted him to die. Well, your sister was like, oh, he's gonna die in, in the rocking chair in the basement. In the rocking chair where his mum and... used to be. It would have been a much better <laughs> ending. Okay, another beef of this film that I really liked in the second and third one. As much as it was like a bit obvious and a bit like corny, there were so many references to Psycho One. Yeah. And I feel like this one, because it was written by the same guy, he was like, "Well, I don't need to self-reference." And there wasn't actually that many references to Psycho One. Yeah, it was very. um... It took itself a bit serious. Yeah. I I was like, "Yo, this is shite." Yeah, I didn't like it. I really didn't. Because like in Psycho Two and Three, there's like a falling down the stairs scene, like how the detective did. I think in Psycho Three, there's like clips from the first one. And he also does the, like, 12 rooms, 12 vacancies yeah. kind of dialogue. Mm. It's all, like, very nice, mm. actually, to have that, like, motif. Yeah. Whereas this one was like, this is its own individual film, and fuck it, I don't need to, like, reference Psycho 1. Yeah. Because I'm a good film. And it's like, no, you're not, you're the worst Psycho film. You're the worst Psycho film, and also just, like, a really, really bad film that I'm never going to watch again. No, no. No, I'm not about to. But so I, I th- think like I think that's firmly at the bottom. Firmly at the bottom. Yeah. I probably put two and three together in the middle. Yeah. So pretty much in the order they came out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it gradually got worse. Basically, is what we're saying. Um, but actually, would ha- very highly recommend two and three. It was it was a good time. Very funny. Like if you watch them, with the intention of them just being like a sequel to a really good horror film made in the eighties, probably gonna be shite. Yeah. Enjoy it. Because they are fun. Like, they're really fun as, like, a horror film, very slasher, very bad special effects. Yeah, it was really funny because if you think, like, in 1960, obviously they couldn't do anything too graphic with mm-hmm. the blood and stuff. And it's like they just went absolutely fucking wild. They went ape with, shit. With the other ones because they were like, we can do what we want. Because obviously, yeah. like, the 70s had happened. Yeah. And so you can put anything in films There was There was nudity. Point. There was violence. There was, you there know... Was, what? Was, a Norman topless scene. <laughs> Give the people what they want. No, he's like literally 40 something and you're like topless scene Norman Bates. And it's so funny because that was in the one he directed and he chose to come down the stairs shirt unbuttoned. Yeah, he was like, I'm directing this film. I'm going to make myself shirtless. Give the people what they want. Nice little muscled, toned chest. I think overall the Psycho series was a success. I just think it hurt yeah. to watch the last one. It did. It's such a shame that it's that sh- was the yeah. last one. Because it kind of, it it just would be so, like, I would recommend watching this series so much more if every single one were kind of consistent. Yeah. But I, I think just get rid of four and watch one, two, three, because it's funny. It's really funny. Very cheesy, very horror. And as much as, like, obviously I think the two and three are, like, inferior films, 
you be enjoying yourself 100% all the way through. Mm. You're not going to sit there and be like, oh, I want... Like, you watch Psycho and it's a quality film, and it's sort of like, well, I've had yeah. my quality film yeah. tonight. Now I'm going to watch two and three, yeah, which and is just, like, really fun. Also, I like the idea that because, um, you know, the second one is 23 years after the first one, it's, like, it's so far removed mm. that I'm not going to expect it to be good. It's no, made yeah, in a different course. era. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock isn't there to do it. Like, I'm, I'm all right with Psycho... Two and three being like just a cheesy eighties horror. Like I'm, I'm fine because if if Psycho was made in the eighties, it would be like Scream and all of that. Like yeah, exactly, cheesy horror. Yeah, so I'm cool with it. But don't then in Psycho four suddenly take that away and be like, okay, now we need an origin story and we need to make it really complex and completely disregard the other film. It's just frustrating to even think about. I know it's so frustrating. So um, I think the best way to understand anything that we have been talking about is probably to watch them. But do so at your own risk, right? At your own risk. <laughs> it's nice. It's a nice little, like, I mean, how many film series are there that span that long and it's the same guy in every single one? <laughs> and it's the same old shit in every It's the same one. old shit in every single one. Yeah. And there's there's a pleasure in that, definitely. There, there is a pleasure. Um... And I like I like just being able to like shout at the characters on screen because literally everyone's so. I mean, yeah, and you watch it and you're you're just going fucking Norman, man. The only because it's like eight hours of the same (laughs) same shit of Norman just. (laughs) Literally, you are you are watching this film and you're like the only person that is not on some like stupid oblivious bullshit is Norman Bates (laughs) because every other character in these films, every other character is like. He's not a murderer. He's fine. Don't call the police. Call the newspaper. Like, why is everyone literally just stupid and thinks that he's not a murderer? Like, he's literally been arrested. <laughs> anyway, there's so much proof that he's a murderer. Ugh. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I really did. Massively. So, nice one. Nice. I think, I mean, I don't know how many series we've done now. We've done three film series now, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have. And I think... I think this was a nice one. It wasn't too long. Each film were quite short. Yeah, definitely. And entertaining. And I enjoyed talking about it, getting fucking vexed. Thanks for listening this week, guys. Obviously, the ending message is go and watch Psycho 2 and 3. You've Please probably do. seen one. If you haven't seen one... Watch Psycho. Just go and watch it. Everyone has seen it. Please. Please. Like. <laughs> Don't shout at them. Go watch Psycho and um, also keep, you know, stay tuned for the old next podcast episode. It will probably be not, like, four weeks until we do another one. Like I think we're going to try and do weekly now. Yeah. Um, we're we we're back. back. We can be back. Basically, we're fucking back on the grind. <laughs> if you've got any recommendations for series, let us know, nice. as always. And follow us on Instagram, at the Film Fix Podcast. And, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Happy New Year.